This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Well, welcome to the show uh, this week. We've uh, got air filter Anthony and uh, uh, my friend Auto Andy. It's me. Uh, this week, uh, it's been a, a whirlwind week, by the way, uh, guys, because I left home at O Dark Thirty on Sunday, uh-huh. and I'm back again at, uh, in the afternoon on Friday. O Dark afternoon. Yeah, O Dark afternoon, and I got about three hours sleep every night. Um, traveled the world, had meetings in New York, got to see cars that I'm not even allowed to talk about. Yeah, uh, They do these things called reveals of vehicles, and then um, then we're allowed to talk about them like in six weeks after they show us mm. the vehicles. And then, so I've got other ones coming up, like uh, Lincoln's. I just saw a new, um, and that was really cool. Um, oh, you can, oh, that one? Yeah. I've been waiting on the... And I saw uh, them, and I got to drive that. Sounds incredible. Yeah. How are. did the... Uh, Actually, order. I can tell you what I, I drove. Uh, I drove the new Hummer EV. What? Yeah. Isn't that the, isn't, isn't that the one that, that climbs stairs? Uh, it has the crab walk. That too. Can't tell you how it drove, though, until <laughs> whatever date.com. Um, let me tell you what date I'm allowed to tell you. I feel like... I feel like the Hummer... April 7th, I can tell you how it was. Oh, mark it on your calendar. Yeah. April 7th, I can tell you how the Hummer EV He won't even was. tell me about it. No. <laughs> I can tell you it has 1,000 horsepower. Did you know that, Ooh. Anthony? I did not know that. I can tell you it goes 0 to 60 in under three seconds. Under? Yeah. Oh, my God. Under three... Not- tell you it weighs over 9,000 pounds. That's okay. heavy. Wait, yeah. hold on a minute. Yeah. It weighs... Almost five tons, mm-hmm. and it goes zero to sixteen under three seconds. All right, impressed. It's, it's like me in a car. No, it's a lot more than you. <laughs> it's Andy car form. Yeah, this is this is a this is a good one. Uh, let me do the math here. I need to do a math. Took amongst yourselves. Can you talk okay. about the seats? Yeah. Are were they comfy, cozy? Yeah. So all right. So if Nick is allowed to talk about it on April seventh, it means that we'll probably do something on the show for it on April 16th because next week we're doing a best of if I'm not mistaken. So, um we already had uh Michael on from right. from Hummer. Right. Yeah, and I, I spent some time with him this week. Yeah. Um I saw the new Hummer SUV which is very similar to the Hummer truck. So they got all Wait, sorts of stuff going hold on, on there. Yeah. Isn't the Hummer in itself an SUV? No, it's a truck. Are you lying? No, it's a truck bed. It has a truck, a truck bed. Have you not ever mm. seen pictures of it? No, I have. But I just always, in my mind, chalked it up to a big old chunky SUV. Oh, it has rear-wheel steering. Stop. It does that crab walk thing. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. It's its own independent car. It doesn't need any racks and pinions (laughs) or axles. It just (laughs) Uh, does what it wants. It it does some some of what it wants. Andy, do you crab walk? I did in football exactly three times, and then it was so frustrating. It's I just did the math. It's 26 of you. It's 26 of me? Yeah. 
that goes zero to sixty in under three seconds. Yeah, That's I'd like hot. to see twenty six of you go zero to sixty in under three hot seconds. Dog, I can right now. It's actually over twenty six. It's almost twenty seven of you. Let's just round it up to twenty seven. Yeah, because you know there's gonna be some extra stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um, Anthony, under three seconds. It's got a giant screen on the inside. Yeah. There's there's forty eight LEDs that make up the word Hummer at the front. What? Yeah. 48 LEDs make up the word Hummer what? at the front. No way. I feel like this is what Optimus Prime would be. Uh, I actually think it looks like the war. They didn't like it very much when I said this, but I think it looks like the Warthog out of uh, the Halo game. Oh, yeah. I like the, the Warthog. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so it kind of looks like the Warthog, a little bit like Optimus Prime. Yeah. And it right. goes 0 to 60 in under 3 seconds. Yeah. And it's it's almost it's almost 5 tons. I'm bad yeah. at math, but that doesn't seem like it should compute. If it can go to like to like Mars, then I'll buy one. If you can rock, <laughs> why does it need to go Mars? to Mars? Because that's where the next evolution of man is. But Crab walk get and this. spacewalk. Get yes. this. Each letter in the name Hummer that's spelled across the front has um, a million micro optics. A million micro a million optics in, in it. In each letter. Yeah. How many H U M M E R? So that's seven. Six. That's seven million. Oh. That's seven million nano optic Wait, fibers. H U M M E R. Well, yeah, there's seven slats, so six, I guess, letters. Gotcha. But there's seven slats. So there's seven million of these little dots, and that's just in the very tip front of the car, and that's not even the rest of the car. Yeah, well, the headlights are actually low down in the bumper, and then there's sort of the the daytime running lights are at the end of the H and the E and the R. They put they put lights in the bumper. Yeah, the headlights are in the bumper. They're low down. Is it electric? Yes, it's electric. All, yeah, it's electric. <laughs> it does all. <laughs> Three hundred and twenty-seven miles on a single charge. Wow. Yeah. Can you talk about how much? How much what? It's gonna be. No, well they they sold out of the edition one, yeah. in like minutes, and they're about. Once you add all the finicky taxes and stuff, about 110000 each. Are you going to throw a ticket in the hat, Nick? No, they already sold out. Yeah, so people are, people are flipping them because <laughs> you can put yourself down on the list for the, for the next bunch when, when they go on sale. Yeah. But they sold out of those in minutes, and you can put yourself on the list for the next bunch that come on sale. And we don't know when that's going to be. I no. remember you asking Michael, and yeah. you didn't... Like get an they answer. haven't said because they haven't produced all right. of the edition one yet. But people are flipping their edition ones for three hundred thousand dollars. Dang! Yeah, Nick, I'm gonna. Throw Everybody my head wants in. one. I mean, they're they're pretty awesome. Here's the deal, though. It's not really so much about the Hummer. It's about what comes next because the Hummer is obviously great, but it's more of an experiment in what you what is possible mm -hmm. and the barriers that they've broken. But it's the applications of this for everything afterwards. So just just take it out. Just put G GMC aside and General Motors aside for a second. And let's look at someone like Mercedes. When they bring out an S-Class, which is you know a $120,000 vehicle, when they bring out an S-Class, all the amazing technology on that, it's not so much about the S-Class because I, I don't know what, they sell 25,000 of those a year. No, it's not about the S-Class. It's about this technology is eventually going to end up in all the Mercedes mm -hmm. vehicles. Yep. <laughs> all right, so it filters down. When I, I had an S-Class for my birthday in 2002, and this vehicle 
in 2002, I was not given a, I was given a key, but I was given a credit card to put in my wallet. And this credit card, you held your wallet up against the door. You remember this? Oh, we, it was we were, insane. We were doing morning shows together. Yeah. You held up your wallet against the door and it unlocked the door. There was no key, physical key. And this mm. is 2002. There was no physical key to unlock yeah. the door. So you held your wallet against the door and unlocked the door. This was the f this was before key fobs. You had a physical key to unlock every door. It was the first car company ever to do that in 2002. Mm. We were like, whoa. It blew my mind. And, and Magic. This, this car was still like you know $80,000 in 2002. But now we all have key fobs for our cars. And some times you don't even need to take it out of your purse you can get in the car you don't even need to press the start button in the new volvos mm -hmm. you just get in sit in the seat and it starts um so this is it's, it's about not the technology of now it's about the technology of the future so you and think years from now people will look back on this hummer and say this was like a landmark event yeah it, yeah. it, it this yeah. the technology we're looking at in the hummer everyone goes i'm not paying one hundred ten thousand dollars for this it's not so much about the hummer it's about this is the technology that they have bridged, which will be in every vehicle in the future. So you, yes, everyone wants it now. It's like the new iPhone when it comes out, right? Everybody wants it now. They're going to pay sixteen hundred dollars for it with the best and the biggest. And the some people will, but other people sit there and go, yeah, wait, I'll wait a couple of years because it'll be in the, <laughs> it'll yeah. be in the all the new phones. Yeah, because that's how it works. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that that's really what it's about. It's about hey, we've made these inventions, which we'll share with everybody eventually. It has Super Cruise in it. What? It has yeah. So you, it's hands off the wheel, feet off the pedals, you know, it's great. Uh, and I have a, I posted on Instagram, but we, I found the old Hummer truck, the H1, uh. and I took a picture with it, and this Hummer, and the H1 was black, and the edition one only comes in white. So of course I, I called it ebony and ivory. Oh, and, very yeah, nice. See, see what, yeah. yeah, see what I did there. Mm, I get it. Uh, anyway, that's just part of what I've been doing over the last week. Um, I had big meetings with the network in New York. And if you might happen to go to some of the TV stations around the country. We looked at it last night, didn't we? Did yeah, a set. we may have Googled it. We, 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 we did a Google on my name last week. And I was popping on TV stations. I thought may, may have even been fake. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they they're put me super. Uh, have you ever heard of ABC 10? I'm not even sure it's a real TV station. But apparently I'm on there. <laughs> ABC what? 10. Yeah. ABC 10? Yeah. I'm on W Not Real TV. Yeah, you're on you're on this TV station called M Wet. M Wet. Yeah, M Wet. Have you ever heard of M Wet? That sounds like a 900 channel. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm or a 900 not, phone line, I'm not sure. I'm I'm on M Wet apparently, yeah, which is a TV we, station somewhere on the East Coast. We need um, to have your uh, agency contact them, yeah. make sure they're legit. Hey, quickly, here's uh here's what's on the show today. We're going to talk about the new uh, Corolla GR Corolla which came out a couple nights ago from Toyota. Uh, Ed Kim joining us to talk about that. Mike Cadell's here. He had a flat tire and He's going to tell us all about changing that, plus uh, his drive in the Pathfinder and uh, the Santa Fe that he had. Uh, Tyson Jomini is going to join us to talk about how sales have been. We're also going to get to talk to Anton Warman, and he's got some top fives as well. Um, and, you know, it's generally just going to be a ridiculously packed show with some really crazy stuff going on, um, as well as the top fives. And uh, we're also going to talk, uh, you know, Gaz the Gazoo racing stuff. And we're also going to talk, uh, you know, some really uh, cool stuff in the news as well. So uh, or I should also 
possibly mention the fact that stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for their spring break deals on lawn and garden batteries, tools, brake kits, and more. Visit the professional parts people who, uh, you know, you just give you what you need to know. They'll get the job done right. Uh, kick off the season with fresh batteries for your, uh, you know, fresh fresh batteries for your lawn and garden gear and right now for a limited time uh, purchase any uh, super start lawn and garden battery and get ten dollars off uh, in the mail-in rebate don't miss out on the savings stop by o'reilly auto parts today and visit o'reillyauto.com you're listening to our auto expert Welcome back to our Auto Expert Radio Show. I'm Mick Miles, along with uh, is it? Oh, did we sign on air, air filter or oil filter, Anthony? Uh, whatever you're feeling today. Um, I don't know. What are you feeling? I'm feeling oily. I'm oily. feeling oily today. Oh yeah. Oily? What yeah. about greasy Anthony? Um, <laughs> that is offensive to a is quarter it? of my heritage. <laughs> to a quarter of your hair. <laughs> quarter greasy Anthony and uh, <laughs> and uh, auto Andy, auto Andy. You're, now you're, you're acting like one of my parents now, where you just mix all the siblings' names together. Really? Air filter Andy. You just cycle through filter. until you find yeah. one that fits. Yeah. Hey, you. Eric Andrew. Eric Andrew, yeah. 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 At you. least they couldn't didn't call you Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Only on weekends. Only on the weekend. Did you, when you dressed up to go out. Yeah, when she would dress me up in a pink boa and uh, lipstick. That's really? so hot. Yeah. You remember in Gremlins when the girl gremlin was revealed? I looked like that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You did your mom dress about... you up as a girl? No, my sisters did. Ugh. I learned how to accessorize and defend myself when I had to... <laughs> defend yourself. Pictures had... coming to uh, our auto experts. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what we did me. find? Do you know what we did find? We found somebody that had taken pictures oh, no. of Auto Andy and used them on TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's in right. their own video. Yeah. That's right. They edited it slightly. The, yeah. the shirt that you're wearing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did, they did edit that. The to ri- make it offensive. The yeah. original one is an ALF t-shirt. Yeah. Not and they, the... they used other pictures of him as a kid. And someone defaced it. Yeah. Horrible. I, I would never. I was such a good boy. <laughs> Whatever. Um, all right. So uh, let's get our pal on the phone. Is he ready to go? Mike Cadell is here. Uh, Mike, are you, you're in a volleyball tournament today, aren't you? What show is this right now? Is this a car show? Yes. Or is this is this being broadcast live from the Las Vegas Strip? Yeah. <laughs> well, it may it may Where well be. We? I, I don't know what show I'm we, on right now. I think it's a car show. We are the super edgiest car show in America. Hey, you know this is episode 428, segment 12, season 7, and we're still working on my nickname on the intro. I think and it's, it's mechanic. Mechanical Mike. Mechanical Mike. <laughs> but you're so you're so not mechanical. That's the crazy thing. That is so far from the truth. You're, Good morning, guys. No, Thank but no, no, but wait, on. wait, wait. But you're not in in a sense that you're all lubed up and smooth, Mike. I am not all lubed up and smooth, Mike. I am definitely mechanical, Mike. <laughs> And you get your own applause. <laughs> Special. I do. Thank you. I know it's always Andy. Yeah, it's that's your custom applause, Mike. Because Clapper you, Andy. He's you've, my, you've, he's uh, my you've, partner in crime. Absolutely. Brother from the other mother. You deserve it, sir. You Thank do, you. You do look very similar. Yeah, I, it, we look we like the number 10 when we stand next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good relationship. Volleyball. It's happening today. I'm leaving in 40 minutes for Bowling Green, Kentucky. 
home of the Chevy Corvette. We pass by the museum and the manufacturing facility en route to play some volleyball, so it always gets me excited. I took my son up to the Chevy Corvette Museum on his birthday, March 2nd. little applause for Tyler turning 15. Yeah, Tyler. Getting his driver's permit. Nice. Kid got his driver's permit, so very proud of my son. Did that, so represent the automotive side of what we do. Went up to Bowling Green to check out some cars. Now we're going to go to some, some volleyball with my daughter. Wait, is he going with you? No, he's going to stay home today. Oh, he doesn't get to drive then. No, not today. We're working on that, though. We're going to go drive tomorrow. That's our thing. We're going to drive the 2021 Ford Bronco First Edition. We own that, by the way. It's not a media car, so don't nice. get Dan Barbosa with Ford. Don't get nervous. It's, it <laughs> is our car. Um, all our right. Car. So you're, you're, uh, you have had a little bit of a, uh, a fun time with the Nissan Pathfinder. Yeah, you know what, guys? So the last few times I've been on, we've been talking about electric vehicles. It's the big craze in the auto industry right now. But, you know, you still have to look at the fact that, according to J.D. Power, there's still, what, 3% of, of new cars coming off lots are electric. Of course, that's going to go up. Um, so I wanted to do a, a kind of an opposite test and get back into some gas vehicles uh, that are still predominantly out there for consumers to buy. And test drove two over the past two weeks, the 2022 Nissan Pathfinder, and this was the Platinum Edition. Um, and then I test drove the 2022 Santa Fe, so the Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, this is their their small SUV. And both really cool vehicles. You know, this is the first year, guys, the Pathfinder, they're now offering that third row. And I, I'll give you, there's two takeaways with this vehicle. And, and we're not talking about electrification of future technology. We're talking about vehicles you can buy today. Um, that our mainstay Pathfinders and nameplate that's been around forever. Uh, new exterior design very much reminds me of a Range Rover Velar from the outside. On the inside, you know, Nissan has really stepped it up with luxury starting price around $34,000. You get a lot of luxury on the inside of this thing, the baseball brown leather, big touch screen. Of course, all of Nissan's safety technology uh, are are integrated into this vehicle and then you have the santa fe right the the santa fe hyundai uh and kia both those two brands are just really exploding onto the scene with vehicles that people want to buy uh 2.5 liter under the hood all-wheel drive like these are these are affordable vehicles it starts at thirty-four thousand dollars for that santa fe i mean we're talking affordable vehicles that people can buy that are brand new off the lot uh, that come packed with safety, packed with technology, and and frankly, cool to look at, which is you know part of the equation. Does it? Do I like the way this vehicle looks? Do you? Do you? I love both of them. <laughs> I like the way they look too, and especially when I'm in, in inside of it, it gets it gets extra better looking. It does. It gives a, a great look. Now, something happened over the la- the last week with Nick and I uh, that has never happened in the history of our auto expert. We both got flat tires in our media test vehicles. Nick was on a media drive and got a flat tire. I got a flat tire in the Nissan Pathfinder. And to my surprise, when I dropped down the little dinghy tire, it was like a glossy black wheel. I was like, this is actually a really cool look. Now, I'm not going to talk about the the tools. Nick heard me. I gave him a whole earful on the tools. It's like I scraped both knuckles. Like the tools were Uh. horrendous. To get the tire off because Chang- you know, changing you know, a tire, in, changing a tire has not got less work over the years than it was twenty years ago. It's still hard work. The only thing on a vehicle, it seems like, has never changed. It's yeah, 
I'm all, I was was worn out changing a tire this year as I was when I changed one twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's hard work. That's man. the experience. It's not fun. It's not fun. Hey, you guys want a piece of trivia? Have tell, I told you this piece of trivia? Tell me. There's one thing on the on on the the vehicle. One thing on a car yeah. across the globe. It's never ever 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 changed since the inception of the car. Lug nut. No, what? those change. All cars have different lug nuts. Okay, well, uh, the um, the spoke, the window. No, what is it? All Tell windows me. are different shapes and sizes. Some are uh, so all are electric, but they're all different shapes and sizes. Axles. No, wheel no. spoke. Wheel spoke. No, I mean, they're no, all different. Not, not, all not of those spoke, are different. The, the pokey thing that you put the bolt on. Let me tell you before we go to break. Here's we're going what to break. I, here's what it is. Ten seconds. The the license plate bolts. The distance between the license plate bolt has never changed, and the bolts themselves have never changed. I can sleep better now. Our, our auto experts coming back That's in it. just a minute. <laughs> You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Air filter Anthony and Auto Andy, uh-huh. along with Mechanical Mike. Like that? Like that, Mike? Mechanical yeah, Mike? We did it. We did it. <laughs> uh, joining us yeah, on our auto expert. Uh, so it's interesting that, um, you know, our, I have to tell you, Airfilter's a bit of a virgin. Um, easy. He, easy. He's, uh, he's just fairly new to the uh, car radio show side. He's been in radio for a while. And so uh, he had a, a kind of a cute note in here. It says, Mike would like to talk about the, the Beep autonomous vehicle. And he wrote a note in here and said, Does he mean Jeep? Oh God! I think, I think Don't it, do this to me. I think it, Don't do I think this it was, to me. That was kind of cute. That's kind of cute. Aww. No, no, Anthony. He means beep. Uh, tell us about uh, your experience with beep uh, um, mechanical Mike. <laughs> I know, guys. I was down in Lake. I was down in Lake Nona, checking out. So we just talked electric cars or uh, gas cars before the break. I was down in Lake Nona, uh, checking out autonomous shuttles, like actual autonomous shuttles. Lake Nona's like. A really cool technology park, and these shuttles are amazing. So you actually get in a shuttle, and it will drive itself through town, like on surface streets. What? Um, the company is called Beep, and I learned about them about six months ago. And, uh, you know, as, as Nick knows, we do a lot of work with the Curiosity Lab at Peachtree Corners. And given that work that we do at Peachtree Corners, that's Curiosity Lab in Georgia. Uh, it's a smart city. They have a smart city called Lake Nona. It's a part of Orlando, a little subsection. And these r- shuttles are so cool. And if you just go on, I think it's like ridebeep.com. If you check out their shuttles, like they're deploying these all over the country. It really showcases the fact that we, we are moving towards uh, new forms of automation as it comes to you know transportation and moving people. You know, it's similar to the sort of airport trains that you get that go from terminal to terminal, except they don't have tracks, right? That's right. No tracks. This is four wheels being propelled by electric propulsion, and they drive themselves. Really, really cool. I know they had something at the Olympics this year, which unfortunately didn't really uh, have spectators at in, in Tokyo. Um, but they did have an a- an accident, I guess. It did hit a pedestrian, one of these things. Um, so they had to sort of reform them um, in, in the Tokyo Games. But these things are sort of 
these are super, super advanced. And there's always that fear that when they don't have a driver and it's all autonomous, that something could go wrong, right? There's that, that's the big scare for everybody. Yeah, of course. You know what? The advancements in technology are hard, right? And computers are faster than our human brain. They have the ability to be faster than the human brain. But in the instance of some of these, they're, they're still learning. And so that's what's great about the Curiosity Lab in Peachtree Corners is that is a fully insured city street, but it has parameters. And those parameters help prevent certain instances like what, what you heard about. And so it's a really cool story, something I think we should continue to follow. Uh, I like what they're doing. They're, you know, they're really innovating down there with these, these shuttles. And it's the wave of the future. Like, we're getting there. It's kind of cool. All right. Mike Cadell, thanks for joining us, Mike. We'll have you join us again next week. Um, it's always good to hear what you've been up to. And, uh, and maybe uh, sometime in the future, uh, Airfilter will get to ride in a Jeep Beep. Um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I can only guys. hope. Okay, all right. Bye, Mike. Talk to you soon, Mike. Right, bye, guys. Um, I also there's there's a bunch of interesting news and stuff going on. Um, I wanted to catch up in. One of the things is, you know, there's a huge shortage of cars going on. Did you guys see the story I did for TV on the neon? Yes, um, it was a great story. Tell me about it. It's the the neon is going to be the. Uh, no, what's the right? Not the fulcrum, but it's going to be the 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 conductor. I'm trying to sound limiting smart. reagent. The yes, <laughs> neon is going to be the limiting reagent in the second wave of chip shortage because over uh, like a little over half of the world's neon comes from the Ukraines. Yeah, and currently the Ukraines is in conflict. Yeah, with uh, the Russians. Yeah, and they're not getting along. Yeah, so as a result because it's not a horrible priority to them in the context of what they're dealing with, we're not going to get any neon. So you yeah. know what that means? Yeah. We're not getting any cars. You know what that means? Yeah. You better start walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Neon is produced in uh, half the world's neon is produced in two mine or two by two companies that come out of um, Ukraine. And I didn't know this until uh, recently that neon is a major uh, portion of manufacturing semiconductors. Um, it's used in part of the chip manufacturing process, and without neon, mm -hmm. they can't make semiconductors. And because half of the neon comes out of these two companies in the Ukraine, they have about three months uh, neon supplies on hand, but without neon, they can't make semiconductors. And at some point, they're going to be out of enough neon to make semiconductors, and that means the price of neon is going to go sky high, and it's going to slow down semiconductor production. Um, which means it's going to be hard to get them again for autos. Um, that means auto manufacturing is going to come to a screeching halt unless they can settle this war in the Ukraine. Um, so look forward to the second wave of uh, chip shortage. Well, that's, on. that should be coming any minute because if, and I could be wrong, this is not official, this is my opinion, but according to like the, the timelines of when the story, the story about it came out and when it's been published, if going off that is accurate, then we're about halfway through the three-month supply. Uh, supply. Yeah. yeah, so it's coming. Well, if that's correct, then I think what uh, what we do and where we're at is means that you know cars are going to become more valuable as time goes forward. Um, and it, it's not surprising that companies like Honda and Acura have made the announcement that they have. In fact, uh, Honda is expanding their certified pre-owned program to vehicles as old as 10 years. What? Um, yeah, which is surprising. I mean, we've seen vehicles uh, going into the certified pre-owned program to 
three, even sometimes four years old. But 10 years old is something new, and Honda and Acura have simultaneously announced the expansion of, of their certification, of their certified pre-owned program. And now for years, the Japanese marquees have now offered certified vehicles, uh, but now up to 10 years old. And of note, Acura is the first luxury automaker to offer this, uh, while Honda wants to strengthen its stand as America's second best-selling certified pre-owned vehicle brand in 2021. Uh, they also want to make sure that their terms of use covers vehicles up to 10 years, uh, old, while any mileage limit is going to fall under that uh, term. And uh, without the mileage limit, by the way, um, available at any Honda dealership, all certified pre-owned vehicles uh, received throughout the uh, background and quality checks uh, that address any maintenance needs, That just one of the things they're going to do. Um, they're also going to uh, do a downloadable checklist uh, for everybody to look at so they can see what the vehicle's been checked for. And they'll have details on a comprehensive 112-point inspection, which will, be, which will be performed by a certified Honda technician. So, you know, I kind of like that. That's quite the to-do. Yeah. That's a lot going on. It's going to give people a lot of, uh, I guess, good feeling about going to a dealership and buying a 10-year-old Honda. I'm going to freak out if I see, what would that be, a 2012 uh, Honda Accord for $55,000. No, I don't think you are. <laughs> that's that's coming. Honda can, Civic. Can you elaborate on this? Um, as you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, I'm a bit of a car virgin. <laughs> virgin. I don't even like the words coming out of my mouth. Virgin oh, Anthony. I know your face crumpled yeah. when you said it. Like, yeah. um, can you explain this to me a little bit further about this? Like, As a consumer, how does this benefit me? Um, well, when you buy a used car that hasn't been certified by the automaker, you buy it basically at your own peril. Mm -hmm. If you go and buy it from a lot that uh, you just have to hope that the dealer is telling you the truth and that the state law covers you in the truth that they're telling you. Um, ultimately, um, you know, you bank on the law and, and hope, you know, you're covered. Uh, if you go buy it from a dealer, um, the in, in the manufacturer is doing a certified pre-owned, it means that everything they're listing right there, mm -hmm. the manufacturer is putting their name behind. So it gets this 112-point okay. check, and they're saying they're going to show you what they've checked and what they've found, okay. and what they're saying is good. So they're saying, these 112 things passed our test. Yeah. To the manufacturers, who this is the guys who made the car, this is the guy we trained on to take care of the car, and this is it is acceptable. We made this product. We find it acceptable. Even though it's 10 years old with this many miles on, we certify this car to be sold again. I got you. So it's like a reconditioned product that goes back to the factory that built it, and they're, they're putting their stamp of approval. It can be resold. So there really is nothing better than that. Yeah. To have it done. And if you have a problem, you know, they'll cover you under certain aspects of it. Uh, whereas if you go to somewhere that, you know, is a, in England we call it gypsy lot, but it's not necessarily a good name for it here because it means slightly different things. Um, on the corner, you know, as some guy who's necessarily not, or some individual who's not necessarily reputable, yeah. um, then you get what you get. Mm -hmm. And this way you get somebody who's more reputable. Um, and you buy the car from. So you get a better deal. That's the plan. Okay. You know, 
that is the plan. And not everybody can afford to buy new. So is that is that the dealership's way of saying like here we're going to help you guys out by making these a little bit higher? Yeah, certified standard? certified pre-owned means Honda yeah. have put their stamp or Acura have put their stamp of approval on it. Yeah. Okay. So um, that makes you know. me happier. Now the, the downside to that is you know you get end up be paying more because they're putting a trained technician on that who's yeah. gone through the factory training yeah. the the manufacturer training um, and they have higher overheads etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Who's so, who's going to pay for that in the long run? We are, huh? Yeah, we'll as the consumer, yeah. you do. Yeah, sure. You know, but I learned over my life of uh, uh, I'd rather pay for it now and pay for it on the back end. Yeah, no doubt. in repairs. Yeah, you pay for front. it either way, my friend. You uh, either pay along the way or you pay up front. I'd rather pay up front, and not worry about it, because the worry is just not worth it. All right, stand by. More our auto expert on the way. Andy's top five. Woohoo! You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Baboom! F filter, oily, filtering, uh, Virgin Anthony. <laughs> we got Good God. <laughs> Car Virgin Anthony, I should say. Uh, Car Virgin Anthony. I mean, better. you're not really. You know how you know which the gas is, right? I, I can drive stick. Can you? I can. I cannot. Ooh. We're working on that. We're I think I think we should have like who is more Kari, you or um, Auto Andy? Ooh, that sounds like a web series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We web challenge. Yeah. Who is the most car friendly guy in the skies? You can tell I was a TV announcer, can't you? Yes. Is uh, nice Robin Leach your inspiration? Is that no, his name? He's I'm his inspiration. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Robin Leach. The stairs are made of pure marble as he comes <laughs> down the million dollar house. It was here that the car garage sat twenty five thousand cars at one time. Yeah, I'm saving that audio. Are yeah, you? Please put that on <laughs> the next Robin or Leach impersonation. Yeah. Robin no. Leach is so basic. Welcome back to the ballroom. This is the 25th Annual Oscar Awards. And please welcome on the stage, Slappy McSlappington. <laughs> um, so yeah, we should do a web series on who is the most uh, car-oriented. Is it uh, Air Filter, Anthony, dun dun. or Auto, Andy? <laughs> who do you think? I feel... Like, I love this idea. I feel like I... I'm really good at I can like I know what the seat belts do. Oh god. Oh, that's a good start. Right? He's off to a good we're start. We're very yeah. basic. Yeah. I we should have the quiz. You know what I've always wanted to do is the rolling quiz. Yeah. Like a, like a car quiz where we could have people call in. So this is I famously did this rolling quiz that was a huge success in the radio scene. And so we asked 20 questions and we have a great prize and we do this rolling quiz and the 20 questions are 20 questions and people call in and when they get it wrong get a question wrong they get dropped but when we they get dropped we take the next caller and we ask the questions and we go through all 20 questions and they have to the person that gets all 20 questions right wins the prize but if they get one wrong we drop and we take the next caller and we when we finish the questions we start again until the person gets all 20 mm -hmm. so if you're listening long enough you'll hear all the questions Ah, uh, okay, okay, I got you. So it's really cool, but you've got to be, you know, you got to call in time enough to get the questions, right. and so it gets really exciting because it tends to last about an hour, 
when you do these rolling quizzes. And so you've got to call in time so not everybody knows all the answers and hopefully you guess a few and get them right. It's a really fun thing, isn't it, Andy? Oh, it's one of the most brilliant things. It's so fun. Um, it's so fun to do because the listeners get really caught up in it, uh, the rolling quiz. And we could do a rolling car quiz. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to smoke the first like three questions and then I won't get any more. Um, but we should do a rolling quiz with you two, maybe for one segment. Yeah, well, we should do that. That's a great idea. I'm so down. Um, and so maybe do six questions and see if you guys. Uh, let me. Should we want to do it? Well, we have Andy's top five to do. You ask me something. I bet I'll know it. Um, <laughs> I bet. What I'll know sex it. was the person that invented the windshield wiper? F. F. What does that mean? Female. Female. You both going with female? We're both going with female. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, you know why? Because Ye- women are women are great. Are they? And they would have known that before we did. I had a different logic for my answer, but yes. I immediately called an audible with what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's try this one. Who invented the automobile? Bing. Yeah. Uh, a guy. A guy named Jeff. No. Uh, was Ford? No. Hen- oh. oh, that's a okay. good guess because they even made a movie about a Ford a long time ago. There you go. Uh, I was thinking, yeah. Chevy. No. Oh, I know. I Come got on. it. I got it. Renault. Renault? Uh-huh. You mean Renault? No, Renault, that car. Renault. Renault. Yeah. Them. No. Come on. Who invented the Who automobile? Invented the car? Yeah. Come um, on. It's so easy. Was it the... Tom Ford. No. Was it the, the Chase family? No. Uh, was it the Porsche guy? You guys, you honestly, there's people on the radio now who like, they want to slap you across the face. Porsche, Porsche, that, ho- horsepower. That'll be another web series. Jesse James. No, Jesse. You get to slap. Ooh, and that's a good one. Yeah. No, it's not. It's very sad. Mercedes. M- M- Mercedes. Yeah. Mercedes. Final, final I, you know, it he was, named the company mm. after his wife, Mercedes. Mercedes Benz. What a sweetheart. Yeah. Is she the one who did the windshield wiper? No. <laughs> Nick. You guys need to get your history together. Nick. You're very sad. All right, Andy, do your top five before I eject I, you. Mercedes. <laughs> so I, I was driving around, and I got to sit in the, the 2022 Volkswagen. You were driving Ta- around Taos. and sitting in it. Taos. 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 Is it the Taos? I don't know. Now you confused me. The Go. Volkswagen Go. Toes. Um, the toes. <laughs> so it's a, you can get one from $23,000, but the one that we had was extra, so it was closer to 32090 Yeah. So, Nick, it's kind of like the Apple of cars, which that's not a bad thing, but there's so many add-ons and things. I think there's going to be dongles for it <laughs> in 2023. But, Nick, it's really fun to drive... Um, I just, there's only, I have one giant con. Can I say it? Yeah. It's not horribly bad, but maybe it's just because I'm big. I don't know. But the brake pedal yeah. is way higher than the gas pedal. So it makes heel, heel toe driving impossible. I have, to, it's like, it's like heel salsa dancing. <laughs> I have to get up and stomp on the brake, but that's okay. Um, so Nick, if the Tiguan and the Atlas had a baby, this would be it. All right. Uh, it's the first generation. It's brand new. There's three trims, the S, the SD, and the SEL. Yeah. Uh, they put a turbocharged one and a half four liter cylinder engine that gives you 158 horsepower and 184 pounds feet of torque. Yeah. Uh, very cool. This thing that I thought was unique, it's a 2345 coverage suite, which is two years of maintenance, three years assistance, four years of warranty, and five years of car net remote access. 
uh, has the regular infotainment system that most people love. There's been an upgrade that people haven't been a fan of, but the the the, the toes has the good one. Um, the addition they has they put new microprocessors, even though there's a shortage and stuff. They figured out how to find some new ones, so they added to the IQ drive brains, which means like your brain just got a boost pretty much. And the, with the bow on top, they they with the IQ drive, they upgraded the microprocessors again. And then there's Nick. There's a trunk hatch. Yeah. And that you don't have to. It's 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 a it's a safety that's non-tech, so you can override things. Yeah. Uh, there is there's this Nick. There's a um. They dedicated itself to safety this time some more. So they put a safety cage in the front, and then the rear has crumple zones that absorb the crash energy if you get hit. Yeah. And then the cage makes it more sturdy. Cool. And then they also, Nick. They yeah. they also entered a new com- competition by adding, um. Uh, big into into new categories with the the new brains in the ID four or not in the ID four, but they're similar to um, the ID four, but different specifically for the toes. Okay. Um, Taos. Taos. And yeah. then they also the other big thing, Nick, that I want that I want to end on is that now there's an all wheel drive option, which means I feel like they're trying to multi class championships because now now they're going up against things like the cross track. Mm-hmm. Which their normal competition is like the CX-5, right? Right. So now with the all-wheel drive, they're trying to cross, cross title contend. They're Ooh. trying to have the middleweight and the lightweight. So now they're going against the CX-5 and the cross track, and they're saying they want all the smoke. They're being greedy. Yeah, they want to be number one, not just in one area, Nick, all over the place. Yeah. All so right. I got to drive the 2002 Taos Toes. 2022 uh, Volkswagen Toast. Yeah. Chaos on the tail. Would you own one? I would buy two. Uh, if you had the money. Mm-hmm. Nick, did you know that Mary Anderson invented the windshield wiper in 1902? Yeah. Ah. Google's great, isn't it, buddy? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Our auto expert will be right back. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Air Filter Anthony and Auto Andy on the show today. And we have been talking uh, much about uh, the shortage of chips and cars and everybody is uh, upset about the gas prices. To say I am too as well. Uh, I'm glad I have the choice between what I drive between gas and electric. Uh, bought into electric early so I can rotate between uh, what I drive. But is the rest of America getting into electric cars? That is the big question. Joining us from J.D. Power and Associates, Tyson Jomini. Uh Tyson, of course, is the guy that sits there with the... Do you have a giant desk calculator, Tyson? <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much my head, Nick. As oh. you know, I'm a big data nerd. Uh, I just imagine you with that sort of old, you know, cratchit, <laughs> big machine, you know, one of those uh, big number crunches uh, on your desk. Um, so, you know, everyone's asking, is is electric the answer? I got, I, I have lots of people trading in their gas cars for electric, and, and sometimes that's not necessarily the best answer because you can end up way more upside down by doing that. But people are still more interested in electric than they should be. Um, or Is America trading in all their gas cars for electrics right now? Well, certainly interest has gone up. I mean, as gas prices have hit new highs, Nick, as you know, um, consumers are, are interested. So we're seeing a lot of metrics that says they're, they're looking for them online. They're, they're researching them. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it, it isn't translating perhaps as well into the sales numbers 
because we have we really don't have anything to sell. And what we do have to sell was ordered six, eight, 12 weeks ago, uh, way before the gas price issue came to the forefront. Right. So what we're selling is really reflective of three months ago. Right. Uh, so it could be better uh, and, and it will be better soon. All right. So, you know, overall, looking at the uh, the end of the first three months of the year, uh, how are how are things panning out when we uh, sort of stand back and take this, uh, I guess, this big view for retail sales uh, for the first quarter, and we can actually look at how things went because some automakers talking about you know how they feel uh, they did in the first quarter, but how does that translate if we take a look at the total sales forecast uh, for for the first three months? Yeah, if we take a look at, you know, kind of where we are uh, overall, sales are, are down about 18% uh, from where they were a year ago. Uh, but a year ago, you know, we were recovering from coronavirus. And so our sales uh, were very strong. Um, so we're, we're down about 18%. But I think, you know, what most consumers are asking me is, you know, when will the prices change? And when will I start seeing things return to normal? Um, and, and that seems to be the big question in the industry right now. Do you think with some more problems looming, you know, we gas prices, the war in Ukraine, gas could be going up. You know, people obviously maybe thinking they won't change their minds about buying a car and the the shortage of neon making semiconductors even harder. Uh, China putting 51 million people into quarantine, making semiconductors even more hard to get. Do you think uh, prices uh, have any hope of returning to normal? Well, the good news is it looks like the peak for uh, the sales increase was, was in Q4 of last year. Okay. Uh, things are still very high. Uh, we're still seeing 17% price increases, but that's actually down from 20, 24% price increases we were seeing earlier. So the, the rate is decelerating, which is good news. Uh, but the bad news is we're still a long way away from things getting back to normal. I mean, that's really looking like 2023 before we'll start to see prices really moderate. What is normal, too? Um, you know, will we go back to what was forecast two years ago, or will we go back to a different normal? Yeah, a lot of automakers, they seem to have a new religion, right? They're talking about, let's move to a build-to-order system where consumers, you know, go to a dealership and, and order a vehicle rather than pick one off the lot and, and wait um, and so the, the industry is trying to change, and they're, they're making a lot of commitments from automakers that we're not going to go back to 4 million units on the ground. You know, where we are today, we only have 850,000 units. That's, that's way too few, but we all know that 4 million is too many. So where will we end up? Probably somewhere in about 2 million, you know, number of vehicles on the ground uh, on the new side for consumers to choose from in the future. Um, that will bring back some incentives. It will bring back some discounting, but maybe not to what consumers were used to in the before days. It's also been quite a juxtaposition. I mean, I, I get these press releases from car companies all the time, and I don't usually open all of them, but I opened a few of them yesterday, and I sort of read through them. You know, quite a big hit for some companies like Audi, who have traditionally done fairly well, and they took quite a whack uh, in the first quarter. But vehicle companies like Mitsubishi, I mean, they're sailing high. They have done incredibly well. So uh, certain companies that you expect to do okay have, have had a really hard time, and other companies who traditionally haven't done well um, in, in North America are celebrating massive increases. So things are kind of topsy-turvy, aren't they? 
Yeah, and it seems like uh, automakers all get their turn through the ringer at different times. You know, recently we've seen both Ford and GM shut down plants again. Um, in some cases, you know, Ford is pulling off F-150 and Bronco production. Uh, so you know that that is the absolute last thing that Ford wants to do. Right. Um, so it, it does go go round and round. Uh, but we do see some pockets of, of strong inventory. Um, you know, Mazda, we don't talk about Mazda a lot uh, recently, but they've got a lot of inventory these days. Likewise, Hyundai, Kia, uh, and even uh, some of the Stellantis brands like Ram and, and Jeep. Yeah, and Jeep, uh, of course, they're very proud of the fact that they had the uh, number one plug-in hybrid uh, last year with the uh, Wrangler 4xe. Um, they've got a lot of new product coming this year. This is a year where they've uh, they are announcing um, you know new vehicles at New York. They had the new Wagoneer, the Grand Wagoneer, the new. Uh, Grand Cherokee, the Grand Cherokee L, and now the 4xE Grand Cherokee. I mean, they and they still have more product to come. Um, so they've got a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, it's going to be a year where they're needing to push quite a bit. Yeah, well, Jeep has really prioritized their three-row vehicles, the ones you mentioned, the Grand Cherokee L, the Wagoneer, the Grand Wagoneer, and something had to give. And, you know, what What was the, you know, the, the comeback here? Well, Cherokee... Compass Renegade production has has been more limited uh, to, to make way for their high-end new models that they came out with. So there are a lot of great uh, new Jeeps out there. I just took delivery of that Wrangler 4xe you were just talking about. So I, I recently joined you, Nick, in that club of being able to pick what kind of powertrain I want to use. Right. Um, and it's, it's so much fun. And, and so there's a lot of great new products there. And Jeep has a lot of them right now, too. Now, signaling out uh, what you know, what kind of vehicles are hot and what's not. I noticed that you, uh, you know, you had the stat of uh, GMC managed to deliver ninety nine electric Hummers. So overall, looking at electric vehicles, uh, how are they in the first quarter? So electric vehicles are about five percent in the first quarter, which is basically a doubling from where they were a year ago. Now, a lot of it does go to Tesla. They're still they own the the biggest player there, uh, but we're now seeing new electric vehicles from uh, Volkswagen, from Kia, from Hyundai, from Ford, and others. I mean, the, the number of choices in electric space is just expanding, and now we're finally getting electric pickup trucks and SUVs, and away we go, Nick. I mean, here they come, and they're actually going to be the kind of vehicles we want to buy. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, because they use about double the chips of regular gas vehicles, we'll, we'll still see them coming. Uh, what were the other classes of vehicles that were winners and losers? Well, you tend to see it where automakers have prioritized the most. Uh, so we are seeing inventory overall start to go up a bit. I mean, we have about 30 days supply on the ground now, which is up from 20 days hmm. uh, over summer. And where are we really seeing that? Well, a lot of trucks and, and bigger SUVs, three-row crossovers, uh, you know, your your full-size vehicles um, have been prioritized. So if consumers are looking for a vehicle, they're most likely going to find something like a pickup truck, like um, like a Ram, like an F-150, or uh, something with three rows in it, you know, like a, a Hyundai Palisade. Um, and, and vehicles like that tend to have better supply than, than sedans, than smaller vehicles in general. How are we looking on the used car market? Uh, while we've seen a, a very modest decline in, in new vehicle price increases, the used market remains as hot as ever. Uh, prices there are, are up still around 25% or so from year-ago levels. So a very strong 
price point for the used car market. So as consumers are looking for a used vehicle, they're going to find that it's very expensive. Uh, but the good news is if you have a trade, you're also going to see some record trade-in values for the vehicle you have today. All right. Outlook for the next uh, three to six months. Uh, anything we should be aware of that's coming down the pipeline? Well, yeah, I get a question a lot. Should I buy today or should I wait? Um, you know, and of course, there's there's so many variables in deciding that. But over the next three months, we're likely to see interest rates go up and we're likely to see used prices start to, to moderate slightly, both of which will mean as you trade in a vehicle and find a new one, monthly payments are expected to continue to go up here over the next three to six months. So if you see a vehicle that you like, um, I don't expect that there's going to be a, a radically different purchasing environment over that time frame. So if you see it and you like it, I would say, hey, you should probably get it today. Um, but if you could wait, you know, uh, over a year, you know, maybe you'll start to see a much more competitive price environment, you know, sometime in the second half of 23. Do you think uh, anything is going to disrupt us in the next uh, year or so? I mean, we weren't expecting anything that happened in the last two years. So uh, it's just uh, whatever, whatever the winds blow in, I guess. Well, you know, the sales pace is still determined by the production pace. And one thing I watch closely, Nick, is the time between automakers announcing a plant shutdown. You know, I mentioned earlier, Ford and GM uh, have taken plants down recently. Um, and so it's still not quite over. Um, you know, it's a global supply chain that's stressed. Coronavirus keeps popping up every couple of months in a new wave. Um, so we're not out of the woods yet in terms of getting vehicles out. Uh, but there's a lot of great minds trying to solve this problem and a lot of companies working together to get past it. Uh, we will get there. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Tyson Germany is from J.D. Parent Associates, and he is the number cruncher, as uh, we like to call him. He uh, calls himself a geek, but I think he's very far from it. All right, we'll have you on next month, uh, Tyson. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Our Auto Expert. Find more at OurAutoExpert.com. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Air Filter likes to point at me when they say the daddy part. Thanks. <laughs> you get excited, don't you, when they say the, uh, your automotive really daddy? That's my favorite intro. Is it? Yeah. Just because i got a beard, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> um. I'm old. I'm Come an old now. car guy. Am I old enough to be your daddy? Oh. That's, uh. Yes. I, yeah. my goodness. You are. <laughs> I yeah, am. Totally. Can I, are you willing to share your birth year? Yeah, let me just look it up. What, how old are you? 82. I'm an, I'm, a, I was born in 88. How yeah. old is that? Old enough. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, 82. Just, yeah. just. Just. Yeah. Yeah, just. Yeah, just. Yeah, you could be my kid. I might uh, be. Uh, Michael's 24, so. Um, my, my son's 24, so yeah, you're old enough. <laughs> you're old enough. Well, no just. wonder you smile all silly when it says it. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'd have done a better job bringing you up though. Than my real dad? I don't know. Prince. Your real dad was Prince, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, Prince. Um, yeah, I'd done a better job bringing you up. At least you'd know more about cars. You know, maybe I'm like my father, too bold. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Air filter, well done. Um, I hear you. 
All right, Gazoo, baby. Are you ready? I'm ready. We uh, we are we're getting a double dose of automatic today. There's too much of me. I uh, automatic over. Andy's going to do another top five, and I um, you know, we we had him into a couple cars this week. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, how did we get you into this one? This one was difficult. This one was like I felt like a, a joke every time, not because of the cars. <laughs> <laughs> because of, take because, it away andy yeah because of me like getting in and out of this car like it's a it's like a it's like a like a training sports car and a it's training re- sport it's really it's low. a pretty awesome car i have to tell you like it's amazing if i was gonna buy a sports car for myself um it would be this or the miata probably this i'd buy this well maybe the fiat 124 this all day 10 out all of 10 right. Every okay. day that ends in a Y, I would buy this. Really? It's just low to the ground, and so am I. And it takes a lot longer for me to get there than the the GR86. I can I can I get personal for a second, please? When you close a car door, uh-huh. I'm so scared all the time. You're going to cut your fingers off. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Why? My God. Because the way you close a car door, yeah. you, you grab, you put your hand out of the door mm-hmm. on to the side. And you pull it. You don't use the handle. Uh-uh. You pull the top of the door in, and you always get your hand out in time before it slams. And I'm always scared you're going to cut your fingers off. I've witnessed someone close their hand in a car door. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, I'm way too quick. Way too quick. Terrifying. Way too quick. Is there a wager on that? That if it does ever does happen, that no, it's just not wager because I don't want to ever see it happen. I've modified. Can we my do the ways. top five, please? Yeah. All right. So this is uh, is the 2022 Toyota GR86. GR means Gazoo Racing. Y'all. Y'all. Um, so the GR86 took a break in 2021, and they came back with a vengeance. Uh, well, here I have to tell you, there used to be an 86, but there was no GR. They added the GR recently. Yeah, this is they they put a few things together and they made this amazing car. So there was always an '86, um, and it was a Scion before it was a Toyota. Tell them. And then they they brought it into a Scion, um, and then they made it the Toyota '86, and then they added the GR. When they added the GR, they added something that it was missing, and that was the low end torque. This car was always great at speed, but it never had good low end torque. Mm-hmm. And when they modified it. They gave it low-end torque. It was so much better. Like, this car was almost always perfect. And once they added the low-end torque, they nailed it. Yeah, this anyway, car is great. Sorry, carry on. So, so they used that time to get you know get itself together. They moved out of the basement. They took some online classes, <laughs> put some money away in the savings, and voila, we're a sports car. Uh, they typically puts itself and gets ranked number one in its class versus the competitors, mainly the Subaru BRZ and the Mazda MX-5. Miata. It's funny, I have to tell you, if you don't already know this, that it the BRZ is the same car. They're, they're built yeah. on the same line. They were designed together. They mm-hmm. share 99.9% of the same parts. Yeah, even the engine. So it, it comes with a... Uh, this was cool. My buddy Sergio was telling me about this. He, t- he said it's a naturally aspirated horizontally opposed four-cylinder engine that's made by subaru yeah uh he said they're kind of tough to call on because the the liquids pool on the sides yeah he calls them pancake motor uh so uh but that is nice but it's the center of gravity is so low in these boxer engines instead of doing this 
yeah. the pistons, it does this on the side. And it means oh. the center of gravity is so low that when you corner, you can so tell the difference how low the center of gravity is. It just sticks to the road like a pancake. Yeah, yeah. it is. And that's was one of the things I wrote is that it is one of the best cornering cars I've ever I've ever driven. I know it's, it's subjective, but they did, um, with the engine upgrade, it gets a little squirrely. And they put in a 2.4 liter engine that makes 228 horsepower. Yeah. Six speed manual. Yeah. I had the automatic because I'm automatic Andy, of course. Um, and you can't drive a manual. No, let's, just I, it. let's just go there right now. And I can't do that. Um, because the car is so fast and meant for doing you know fast things, uh, on the premium model, like the one that we had, the LED headlights, they have an adaptive feature. Um, so like the, the lights track where you're going in front of you and twist with you with the, the car, which is pretty slick. That's why you have it, because it's so fast. Your head could turn quick enough, though. I mean, finally, a car that can go as fast as my mind, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it reads the road to Matrix. it. Matrix. It is. I, I took the blue and the red pill, so I was <laughs> happily in the middle. Um, the infotainment screen got a little bit of an upgrade. We got a whole another inch, which always counts. Uh, a better interface. Android Auto and Apple CarPlay are in it. Um I have to say also with how great the performance is in the car, the stereo system, as the kids say, slaps. It was very, very good concert settings for me to have in the car while going fast. Uh, the GR86 and the Subaru, um, they're the only ones in their class because they're essentially cousins uh, that have a rear seat. It's not much of a rear seat, but they have one. You can get somebody back there or something. You can definitely put a backpack in your groceries. Uh, Nick, did you know that you get a complimentary maintenance for two years or 25,000 miles, which is a lot. And one of my other favorite things is you get a complimentary one year, uh, membership to the NASA, not the space one, but the national Autosport association membership. And you get a free high performance driving experience. Like you would like when you, you get, if you buy this or the Supra, you get like drive, like a uh, racing car privileges like to the track, as you should. Yeah, because they go really fast. I love it. This I, it's like the Supra's cousin kind of. All right, congratulations, anybody it. who buys it. Cool. I, I went really fast. We're gonna have more GR stuff coming up. By the way, the Toyota Corolla GR was announced uh, a couple nights ago in uh, Long Beach in uh, Los Angeles area. We'll talk about that with Ed Kim coming up on our Auto Expert. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. This is Nick Miles with our Auto Expert. On board is uh, Air Filter Anthony, Oil Filter Anthony, Virgin Anthony, along with uh, Auto Andy. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, you're really getting slapped around today, aren't you, buddy? It's been a great day. It's been a has great it? show. One of my favorites it has so it? far that we've had. Yeah. yeah oh. Glad to be a uh, part of it. <laughs> it's gang up on you day today, wasn't it? That's fine. Uh, also uh, joining us on the phone is Ed Kim. Ed Kim is from Auto Pacific. Um, Ed, uh, you have probably had a, a, a tremendous week this week. Uh, presumably you went and drove the BZ4JWZX239472WT, which is the first electric car from uh, Toyota, the worst named car in the history of naming of cars, right? Uh, well, it's, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Let's let's. <laughs> Let's go ahead and admit that, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually the BZ4X, is that right? Did I get it right? That is, cor- that is correct. And it apparently actually means something, too. Uh, beyond zero, four is for the size, and X is because it's an SUV. 
Okay. Uh, it actually looks quite <laughs> nice, and it's it sounds like it's a, a great vehicle. Um, I yet have to drive it. Unfortunately, I got stuck in New York and couldn't go drive it. But ultimately, uh, it, it sounds like an amazing car. But part of that launch was you got to see uh, something that's uh, rocking the world of those people that like hot hatches and sort of this rebirth of the hot hatch, which is the oh, Cor- yeah. the Corolla. Um, is it the G- it's the GR Corolla? So the GR comes before the name of the car, right? That is correct. GR Corolla for Gazoo Racing. Um, which is uh, which is Toyota's uh, track-focused uh, performance uh, performance sub-brand. Yeah, it, probably people aren't going to be buying it primarily for racing. They're going to be buying it primarily for having a good time in. Uh, but ultimately, oh, yeah. a 300-horsepower hot hatch, which puts it on par with things like uh, the Golf R. R, yeah, which is ridiculously yeah. fast, uh, ultimately. Yeah. Um, now, there's no pricing information or availability information, but Golf R's are pretty hard to come by and pretty expensive. Yeah, Golf R, I think, you know, starts in the low 40s. Um, I, I would expect uh, the GR Corolla to start somewhere around the same. I mean, I, you know, in terms, in terms of hardware, it's pretty comparable. I mean, it's a five-door compact hatchback with all-wheel drive and a super powerful turbo engine. So, you know, when you look at the specs, it's not so different on paper from what a Golf R is. So, yeah, I would expect probably it's going to be in that ballpark price-wise. Now, it must have some kind of drift mode because when they brought it out on stage in Long Beach, it looks like they were drifting it. (laughs) Well, I was there, and uh, it was quite... It made, let's just say it made quite the entrance. I mean, it just screamed out onto the stage and then did a bunch of donuts uh, and somehow uh, managing not to run over uh, Toyota's VP of marketing, uh, who was up on the stage. Um, but uh, what's really, really neat about this car, and well, you talk about a drift mode, and yeah, it does, it, it does to some degree. Um, unlike the Golf R or any other car I can really think of in that class, um, you can actually adjust the uh, the torque split between the front and rear axles. So uh, you can go anywhere from uh, uh, a, six, a front bias 60 to 40 split. So that's just kind of for normal, regular, everyday driving. Uh, you can do a 50-50 split. You know, uh, you can do a 50-50 split. Or uh, if you want to get really crazy and you, you're you're on your favorite windy road and uh, you might want to kick the car, uh, kick the tail out a little. Well, you can go. You can actually uh, set it so that it sends up to 70 percent of the power to the rear axle so it actually becomes a rear by bi- uh, rear power uh, uh rear drive biased hot hatchback which is something that uh, golf r most certainly doesn't do yeah that should be a lot of fun <laughs> yeah i mean this is obviously the the next stage of the hot hatch the sort of latest technology put into something here um and toyota pretty excited about this thing um the Pictures of it are absolutely outstanding, and everybody was super impressed. I'm I'm sad I couldn't have been there. It was uh, it seems like it was uh, a very very cool event and a great opportunity. Yeah, it, yeah, de- it definitely was. And I mean, this you know this car has just so much uh, uh, so much impressive performance hardware. I mean, in addition to the adjustable torque split, um, you can get uh, limited slip differentials not just for one axle but for both axles, for both the front axle and the rear axle. Uh, limited slip differentials, which is uh, it's the torsion type uh, for both the front and rear, and uh, it means that this car should have just some absolutely insane traction. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to drive this thing. Yeah, it sounds like uh, 
they're probably going to do a very, very big number of sales. It's sort of the, I don't know, the super of the 80s. Uh, it's going to be as hot as that sort of thing. And then this vehicle probably will be the next sort of uh, sought after Fast and Furious um, vehicle. I think so. I mean, it, 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 definitely, it definitely has the hardware. It definitely has the performance. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna get crucified by our audience for saying this, but I, <laughs> I do, I do have one little critique about it, and that is the fact that, um, and this is something that an enthusiast should love, but it's available only with a six-speed manual. So if you're not into, uh, you know, rolling your own ears or uh, using your left foot to operate a clutch, well, you're out of luck. This car isn't for you. And um, you know, if I were Toyota, if I'd been playing the car. Um, I would have thought about offering offering a uh, high performance automatic option, much as uh, Hyundai does with its N cars or uh, Golf R does with its DSG transmission. Uh, by making it manual only, it really does kind of limit the audience for this car. And you know, look, you know, frankly, I want cars like this to exist. And in order for cars like this to exist, you got to have some volume in there. Uh, you got to have a solid business case. And I feel that uh, uh, if they had a performance automatic option. They'd expand the market of this car significantly, and they could sell more, and therefore that would help ensure the uh, uh, ensure the long term survival of cars like the GR Corolla. I mean, investors investigate that. So, did they say it would never be made with an automatic? Uh, they didn't say never, but um, um, but it it certainly doesn't seem like that's in uh, that's in their um, you know they certainly didn't mention anything about it. I don't think that's in their uh, uh, Plans for now. Now it's, it's really been that way. Yeah, it's made on the um, the Corolla hatch uh, platform, right? Yeah, it's correct. Yeah, so I'm not sure. It's not you know, it's not like they necessarily have to produce a huge number of this to survive. Maybe it's it's like the Golf, you know. It's yeah, per, yeah, perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. But you know, one thing I do want to say about the about uh, the Golf, both the GTI and the Golf R, um, the the majority of those cars. You know, these are these the the high performance golfs have some real staying power in the market. They've been in the marketplace for uh, for many many uh, you know, especially the GTI. It's been in the marketplace for for many generations. Uh, they've got staying power, and, uh, and and it's and it's important to note that the Golf R and the GTI, um, the majority of them are actually sold with the DSG automatic transmission. Yeah. Um, so you know that has helped you know make them available with that automatic. Uh, which is a really great performance automatic with paddle shifters and all, all that stuff. Um, it has ensured that those two cars have remained relevant in the marketplace and that they've sold enough of those to justify keeping them in the marketplace. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is going to be so um, expensive and so highly uh, difficult to buy that uh, that they'll do sort of very limited numbers of them. If they don't have well, to do, I you know. Yeah. Maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, especially considering how uh, uh, you know really sought after limited production cars like this tend to be you know t- tend to be uh, marked up really high by the dealers and uh, uh, you know a Civic Type R, uh, which I think would be the closest thing that Honda makes to this uh, to the GR Corolla. Um, you know, that's had markups. That has had that has had significant markups. Uh, you know, since the thing was launched, and uh, you know, you still have to pay uh, well over uh, MSRP for a Type R today. So, yeah, uh, it, it's entirely possible we could be looking at a similar scenario with the GR Corolla. I think you might be uh, finding that they'll only make about uh, maybe ten thousand of these a year or something. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? 
the question is, um, when you know, when does it go on sale, and when do we get more information about it? I noticed it appeared on every dealer website almost immediately. And, sure, and sure. if you want to find out more about it, you have to go to the dealer sites, and then you have to choose a dealer that you want to uh, to get more information from. Yeah, you know, I have several people, have, uh, several Toyota people at the event. Uh, okay, so <laughs> this thing's awesome. When can we buy one? And uh, uh, Literally every single Toyota person I talked to would only say uh, later this year. So you know, um, I, I don't I don't know exactly when this will be coming out. It's going to be sometime this year. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be uh, you know at the end of the year or middle of the year, um, but uh, sometime before the end of the year we'll see them on we'll see them on the streets. All right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's highly interesting. Um, I, I I'm I'm excited for them. Uh, because Toyota has always been about volume vehicles and not about their mm -hmm. special vehicles, and I think finally they're getting back into the things that made them super, super famous, which is yeah, you know, I, I, I agree, I, I totally agree. I mean, I mean, you know, there was you know there have been periods of time within Toyota's history where they were really kind of known for uh, vanilla transportation appliances, but if you look deeper than that, Toyota has always had. Uh, you know, a tremendous motorsports history. I mean, they've been involved in virtually every type of motorsports imaginable. And, um, you know, now here we have this, this amazing, uh, you know, um, ultra high performance Corolla that directly uses, uh, that is directly the beneficiary of Toyota's, uh, you know, motorsport R&D, you know, through, you know, so many years. So, um, you know, this car is the direct result of that, and uh, yes, it is very gratifying to see Toyota take its uh, expertise and learning from the racetrack and put it into a really, really uh, amazing hot hatch like this. I think that's uh, all part of Akio Toyota, the fact that he is also uh, their master driver, and he gets in Absolutely. everything. Yeah, he gets on the track, he test drives it, he approves it, he signs off on it, and he agrees to do it. And he didn't want anything more vanilla in the in the fleet. He was saying, that's, listen, that's, that's right. Yeah, everything has to have a passion. Everything has to be done from the soul. Everything has to be done uh, excitedly. So, Ed Kim from Auto Pacific, it's a Great pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm really glad uh, that you enjoyed the car so much. Let's hope they do an automatic in the future. We'll keep it. Uh, we'll keep it real. All right, Ed. Uh, we'll look forward to having you on again soon. This is our auto expert. You're listening to our auto expert. It's air filter, Anthony, and automatic, Andy on the Our Auto Expert Show. It's my job. <laughs> I'm the clapper. Uh, Anton Warman joins us. He's an independent analyst and investor, and you can read the majority of his stuff at the street and uh, Seeking Alpha. And uh, it's, of course, the end of the quarter, and so it's a big time to look at industry and automotive companies and see how their sales and investments went over the last uh, quarter, the first quarter of the year. So, Anton, Tesla, big numbers for them, small numbers for them. How did they do over the first quarter this year? Yeah, you know, Nick, people are so focused on what Tesla reports in terms of numbers of cars sold because of the unusual phenomenon that has now been in existence for a couple of years, frankly, that uh, Tesla is valued at more than almost all the other car companies in the world combined. Basically, they're worth more than the next 20, which basically captures the vast majority of them size-wise. So, 
you know, even though Tesla's numbers on an absolute level are a rounding error to the industry overall, if they are up or down by just a couple of thousand people jump up and down based on the, what the performance is. So we now have the fresh uh, first quarter numbers from Tesla, Nick, and uh, they basically sold as many as uh, Wall Street had predicted them to sell, which is about 310,000 units in the fourth quarter, which in turn was essentially flat with uh, the number that they sold in the fourth quarter, which was 309 thousand units so basically uh, we're talking about a fraction of a you know a divergence of not even a fraction of a percent it's uh, it's still not bad though the fact that all these other car companies are coming out with all these new brands they're still sort of holding steady and we know that they will decline over time um as more and more uh, car companies come out with electric cars then they're, they're going to have a harder and harder time holding on to the market plus um they're going to have a harder and harder time when bigger companies are searching for chips uh, holding uh, the chip market um so still holding their own with with uh, selling the same number of cars yeah, I mean, Nick, Tesla's done a wonderful job in 2021 when other automakers have suffered part shortages, especially when it comes to semiconductors, but a couple of other components as well. But Tesla was able to very quickly rewrite some software and use some other chips, and, and they were very nimble. And this has really has been the company's strength in 2021 and into here early part of 2022. So the company has done pretty much okay here. But you know, the, the game is still early, and for a company that is valued at more than the, the next 20 automakers in this world, including BMW, Mercedes, GM, Ford, Toyota, the whole, all of them combined, um, you know, it's not enough to just deliver in line with expectations. In fact, Nick, it's not even enough to beat the estimates by uh, a modest margin. You have to constantly beat the estimates hugely in order for this valuation that Tesla has to come even remotely close to sanity. And I can say that they did not reach that on this particular time. All right, you just got back from Turkey. Interesting trip. Uh, unfortunately, I was unable to go to look at the Turkish automotive industry, the parts supplying, the new Turkish car companies. Uh, it doesn't seem like the obvious choice to have a car company or a parts company, but uh, how was your experience? Yeah, so uh, really what's going on here, Nick, is that Turkish uh, automotive industry has been growing in the quiet. Ford, Toyota, Fiat, Renault are the big makers there. And now what's happening is that, as you know, Nick, the parts supply chain coming from China and thereabouts is getting riskier and riskier. What we've seen are all of these disruptions in the supply for parts and modules and components over the last year. And uh, the automakers are looking at where can we make all of these other things now maybe a little bit closer to where other factories are, maybe in a place that isn't perfectly correlated to either China or Europe or North America. And uh, what do we have? Well, it turns out that Turkey is on top of that list. So more and more automakers are placing orders with parts and module suppliers coming from Turkey. And the automakers themselves are building out capacity and launching new fa factories in Turkey that we don't hear much about in, in Europe and in North America because we tend to simply ignore what's going on in this country of 85 million people. It's interesting, too, that uh, it's a country that bridges sort of Asia and Europe, so it's right in between both of them, um, and they actually have their own car company as well. Yeah, so there's a new car company there, TOG, T-O-G-G, -G, that's going to be making an electric car. 
this is a huge uphill battle, and I think that we should view that as just icing on the cake in the event that it turns out to be successful. I think the more important part, Nick, is that, for example, the joint venture that Ford has in Turkey and has had for essentially half a century, in which Ford owns only 41% of this joint venture, but it's nevertheless producing very important products for Ford, especially on the truck and van side. And it's really those bread and butter products that Tokyo, that uh, Turkey is now stamping out at an accelerating pace. So uh, very nice complement to what's going on in the rest of Europe in particular. Um, in, I'm super, super interested in, in this whole sort of idea as well, because it's easy to supply cars to Turkey, to Europe, to the United States. I think Toyota makes the CHR there. That's right. So. Toyota not only makes the CHR, but if you talk to a lot of the automakers, they will tell you that the cars that they do make in Turkey are essentially at the top of their uh, internal quality uh, guidelines in terms of their quality measurements every quarter, every year. So Turkey not only makes cars, they also make them with pretty much the highest quality that they have in all of their factories worldwide. So uh, this has been viewed increasingly as, as an asset for making cars in that country. Um, now, are they fairly adaptable? Because obviously places like the Ukraine is off the list to make wiring harnesses for companies like BMW. Are the Ukraine able to sort of pick up some of the slack? Well, so some of these products, the problem is you can't just move the um, manufacturing of those in, in a matter of weeks. It takes at a minimum six or eight months for you to move that sort of manufacturing and then approve uh, you know, you, it's not enough to just make these products. They then have to, regulatorily speaking, approve them from for being manufactured in a new location. So the answer is yes, they're going to do this. They're going to try to do this. But we haven't really seen much impact of it yet on the ground because it takes a little bit longer time to move this. But whether it's in Ukraine, whether it's in Russia, whether it's in China, uh, really what the automakers are seeing is that they're looking for new places from which to source goods, parts, supplies, modules, everything, so that they can reduce their overall risk to the supply chain. And turkeys are really good fit for almost all of them. I'm actually very stimulated by this this whole thing, just to support maybe a lot of the automakers um, for things that don't make sense to make in the United States because they're too expensive and uh, those type of things. Um, what sort of how complex are some of the things that Turkey's able to make? I mean, are they able to sort of have chip factories, or is that really beyond their capacity? Well, chips are only made, frankly, in a few countries. They're hardly even made in the United States anymore. Almost all the chips in the world are coming out of Taiwan and Singapore and China. So the chips are not going to be made in Turkey. They've just they have two battery factories that are happening right now. And they have uh, one electric car factory that's almost finished. will be finished here in about uh, three months from now. So that's what's happening in terms yeah. of new technology coming out of there in the short run. So it's mostly fairly simple things like uh, parts, plastic moldings, those type of things? Yeah, stampings. There's a lot of stampings, and there will be. Give it another six to nine months, but you will see things like wiring harnesses and so forth being brought into Turkey. But uh, more than anything, it's just final assembly. I mean, just putting everything together in terms of final assembly for an automobile, just like you're doing uh, all over the world. They are right. extremely competent at that, and that is going uh, just fine. All right. Anton Wallman, independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at the street and seeking alpha. Nobody uh, has more intelligence in the car industry than him. And uh, you can read his stuff and uh, listen to this program at 
Of course, OurAutoExpert.com. We'll see you again next week, and thanks for listening. I'm Nick Miles with Automatic Andy and, of course, Air Filter Virgin Anthony. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at OurAutoExpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. 